0: Welcome to the Geek Psychology Podcast. This podcast comes from the Geek Psychology YouTube channel, where we use personality type and geek and gaming culture to help you play life better. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being you. And I hope you enjoy the show. A little microphone there in the white. How do you stop your INFJ brain from focusing so much on Seeking perfection in relationships coming up in this video my take on it and hopefully some helpful advice What's up legend is Sherman here from geek psychology where I help geeks gamers and creatives to unleash their personality type the superpowers of your personality type as an INFJ uh, are also a struggle in many ways, especially you know in relationships too. Uh, relationships uh, are extremely on your radar, right? They're something that you you think about all the time. You know, being an introvert, it's kind of hard to to kind of you know people and uh, as well as like you have your vision of of where things are going and where they should be going and and what other people are doing your understanding uh, from kind of reading those those patterns the ebb and flow of the universe the dance of time (laughs) Um, and really you just you kind of know ahead of time what's going to happen especially in the realm of peopling and so that can cause some difficulties and i want to talk about those in this video when you have a better relationship There are so many good things that come out of that, right? There's no more fighting or less fighting, less struggling. You know, you and the other person just being in sync with each other, being able to like really understand what the other person is thinking, feeling, what their intentions are. And with that, you can create more of like a steady, stable household right? And and you know, like what to expect from the other person. If the other person is just constantly uh, throwing curveballs all the time, um, it's going to kind of jostle you, right? I was going to say rustle your jimmies, but I know that that's that's many, many years old. Uh, I still like it. I still like that saying, though. Anyway, if you don't know what to expect from another person, that creates a lot of like inner turmoil. And also it makes you vulnerable it leaves you open to um, whatever bad energies that they're going to bring into the relationship that they're going to bring into your life or into the relationship uh, relationships that you have with other people as well and it just it muddies the waters it, it kind of stains everything right and you don't want that right you want a better relationship where you can bond with them when you know what to expect and when you can um You know, just live a more enjoyable, peaceful, exciting even life. And perfectionism kind of intertwines within that, yeah? So if I didn't scare you off already, let's get into like why perfectionism happens within relationships. As someone, you know, who does this as well as an INFP, I have my super idealistic version that I I put everybody up to right? Like I see, I see the potential in you. Okay. Good luck living up to that. You know, that's, that's how I've ruined so many relationships um, because I just expect them to, to actually exist on this level that I'm, I'm not even existing at, right? Because I see all this potential in them, but they're still, you know, they're dealing with their own issues and their own uh, struggle their own hero's journey and stuff along the way. So let's talk a little bit now about the four characters within the INFJ. So let's talk about the mystic character within you, okay? This is this is your hero. This is the, the leader of the party, the one that really sets the quest goals, the mission goals in your life. Um, and they have a vision, right? This character has a vision. This aspect of yourself has a vision for where things are going. Uh, it's about foresight. It's this serene kind of sense of knowing what is going to happen Um, embraces the unconscious mind and symbols and and metaphors and things like that that come up through there. Um, First of all, that is something that a lot of people struggle with with dealing with in a relationship, you know, because it's, you know, 75% of the world don't work like that. Even more, right? If you count extroverted intuitives, um, but still, just intuitives in general, about twenty five percent. So you are naturally going to clash, or see things, and other people don't see them. And with that comes the fact that your perspective for where things are going, your understanding, your way of framing um, the the content, right? Putting a different, uh, you know, way of looking at things. Um, that is going to naturally clash with people's um, kind of their unconscious mind, their deeper aspects of themselves that they're not really fully comfortable with. Like I, I've heard ESFPs and stuff say that like they just don't like unicorns, for example, uh, because they're just unsettling. They're so strange and bizarre, right? Um, and that's just this unease with abstractions. But that is your superpower. And yes, that is connected to the perfectionism. So we're going to bring that into uh, talking about the next character, the envoy. Okay, this is about unifying, this is about bringing people together. And this also pushes you out into the outer world. This is the one that like gets you to to be not so focused on energy management and rejuvenating and stuff like that. But like, how can I serve people? How can I help people? What does this person need to live a better life? How can I, um, you know, better interact or bridge these people together, bridge myself to the other person and just make a better like um, culture, I suppose. And that is exhausting, especially, you know, as an introvert, I know that's exhausting. Um, And yet that is also the place for growth, right? And when you don't want to do that, when that is scary, when that doesn't feel like it's not comfortable, right? It doesn't feel like the thing you want to do to emote, to express how you feel about things, how you feel about people, to share your values and stuff like that. Um, or to kind of weave your way into understanding how the other person is feeling and get them talking about it. Then you switch over to the adept. This is about analyzing. This is about splitting things apart as opposed to unifying. And this is where you can get quite um, pointed, quite critical, right? You can attack yourself, attack other people um, as a, a safety zone, it's that ice wall, that ice barrier okay and this is like the mage creating a, an ice shield right Nothing gets in just just stay cold, stay distant from other people because it's safer. And that I believe is that loop of perfectionism. okay when you're when you're talking to the adept asking the adept for advice instead of the envoy within you, the one that knows how to bring people together and how to serve other people, right? When you're talking to the adept, it's like, it's going to say whatever it feels is important for you to be safe, for you to be protected, for you to maintain the status quo, for you to not get hurt. And that is a, it's a tempting, alluring place to be. And so you're going to want to do your best to give that character time alone. Um, you can do it, you know, bonding with another person playing strategy games or something like that with them doing puzzles and, you know, things like that. That's really good. It's a nice way of bonding with your partner. Uh, but you don't want that to just come out as like a a safety measure, right? You want to be able to spend more time doing the extroverted stuff and, 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 How do you feel about this? Having these conversations, you know, serving, helping, supporting, hosting, um, caring for the other person, cooking for the other person or whatever it is, the adept and the mystic are going to keep focusing on like, what is the ideal that they should be at? And why are they not there yet? Because that's just that's just the language that they, they speak, right? You have the ideals, you have the vision. And then you're poking holes in it to see where is it different. Because that's what they do. That's what the adept does. And it doesn't make it bad. It just means that you have to kind of utilize that in the right way for your purposes. right? And I'm sure you can understand that. And I'm sure you already have ideas for how you can utilize that. Um, Or they'll be coming up later when it's, I don't know, time to sleep or something like that. Another thing that you're going to want to check in yourself with is... When you think about that person, you know, the the one that you're in a relationship with or the one that you want to be in a relationship with, where are they in mental space? Are they directly in front of you? Are they right here? Are they up higher? Are they kind of inside you? Um that's going to give you a lot of cues within the the metaphor that you're using to represent them. This is this comes from um Social Panorama by Lucas Dirks. Uh, I highly suggest checking it out. But um, basically, the position, the location that people and things are in, in your mental space, is how you relate to them. Okay. So if they are directly in front of you, right, they're going to be in your focus, they're going to be something that you're facing all the time. Okay, if they're right in front of you, that's going to mean something different than if they're left in front of you, or if they've been left behind, or are they right behind you, right, there are all sorts of different meanings with those, as well as the the height, um, the status that they're going to have. And you can also think about their size, where how big are they, if, you know, they might be extremely huge within your mental landscape. And that's going to cause some issues. Right, probably because you're going to be able to, um, like, see all of their flaws, see all of the issues and things like that. Uh, where are they facing? Right? Are they? Where is their gaze? Is it looking at you? Is it looking down on you? Is it looking up to you? Probably not, but it could be. Um, is it looking somewhere else? Um, once you know all these, you can you can move them to a better place. That does not have that perfectionistic um, focus on it, right? So where should they be? Where could you move them? Where is somebody in your life that you don't look at in a perfectionistic type way, but you look at uh, through admiration or just love or peace or care or something like that? You can gently ask or move that representation over there wherever that is. I know that I just went into like full, uh, woo land, woo territory. And that's okay. Cause this stuff works and it's actually, you know, bringing in neuroplasticity and things like that. Like this is, this is not fringe stuff anymore. This is proper change work. And this is utilizing your mind, your brain and rewiring it and you can shape it to the way that you want it to. Uh, the way you want it to be, the way you want it to uh, be represented within you and the way you want to deal with it. So those are uh, some things that you can do to have a better relationship, to stop seeking perfection in relationships. Um, and it's coming at it in a different way, right? Because if I just gave you the advice of like, well, you're not perfect. So don't expect the other person to be perfect. I'm sure you'd be like, yeah, but that's, That's not how it works, (laughs) you know. So I hope that this video gave you a different perspective of it and that you're able to utilize it in a way of um, kind of readjusting how things are working within you so that you can have a better relationship, so that you can live a better life, so that you can be happy 10, 20, 30 years from now. Keep up the lifelong questing. Good luck. Have fun. Peace.